Shall we dance? Let's. Uh, <laughs> Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works. Then enjoy that now. No. Uh, Hello and welcome to the very latest episode of the Football Times podcast. We're back in the virtual studio with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. And I'm joined once again by Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How are you doing, sir? I've been well, Michael. Thank you for having me again. Thanks for being here. It's my favourite part of the week. That was the most annoying introduction you've ever done. Uh, But it's great. (laughs) It's great to see your little face. Great to see your little face. Smiling. Um, once again, another week. I can't wait to be actually in a studio. But until then, we continue. We continue with uh, with Zoom. But other video platforms are <laughs> other video <laughs> platforms are uh, available out there in all good video platform stores. Um, should we crack on? We got... <laughs> He's cracked up. Video platform <laughs> stores. Brilliant. <laughs> You know, could be a thing. Could be a thing. Um, Zoom, Zoom's better than Teams, though. I it, much prefer mm, Zoom to Teams. Teams has got that tune now, hasn't it? Da, 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 da. Okay, when Stobbsy's on next. That's Skype, isn't it? No, that's Teams. When Stobbsy's on next, get him to uh, tell you about the uh, the trap remix of that. Oh, slaps. Well, like that. <laughs> Bars. On Spotify Wrapped Day, as we as we record this, <laughs> oh, the, uh, the Teams Trap remix. That's all you need to listen to. What is your um? What's your top? What's top? What's top of your of your Spotify Wrapped? Have you have you have you done it? I have. There's a, there's a few a few shouts on there. Uh, my fav- my uh, my number one song was Doja Cat, the song she did for uh, the Birds of Prey movie, which was a surprise to me. I don't even know what that is. Correct. Um, yeah. I was proud. I did listen to one song, Ring It In My Head, before it hit 50,000 streams. So I felt like Ew. pretty much an influencer. You hipster. You hipster. How about you? I got, I, got, uh, I got Vampire Weekend at the top, which was a pretty decent, <laughs> decent shout. Got Harmony Hall, Vampire Weekend. So Lovely stuff. Should we talk about football, though? Or... Talk about football. Let's talk about football. Sorry. <laughs> the listeners aren't here for us. They're here for football. Let's go. Um, let's crack on. Uh, we have a big weekend of football coming up as ever. We'll run through a couple of the big headlines and big uh, previews for the games coming up on TV. We've also got fantasy Premier League tips. Not that you listen to them at all anymore, but you just get to know how badly we are doing. Uh, and we're also going to have a little chat about some of the comeback players of the year. Now, it's, it's pretty broad criteria for this. We're going comeback players from injury, uh, whether they've been out on loan, whether they've just had a bit of a lull in form. We forgot about them, but now they're back. Um, that's all, all to come in the show. Um, we'll try and keep it fairly short for you because you've got a busy, busy December ahead of you. Um, starting with a super, super, super Sunday. It's a 4.30 kickoff on Sky Sports, Premier League, main event, and now TV. It's Tottenham versus Arsenal. It's a North London derby. Um, I mean, we'll mention, we'll go with Spurs first, um, just after booking their their FA Cup third round tie against the mighty Marine, which is just, oh, Mourinho at Marine is just one of the greatest. That's so good. I love it. I love everything about that situation. Um, they've got four clean sheets in a row. They're doing well. They're top of the table. 
feel very controlled, don't they, Mr. Wilson? They feel that all of the players know their roles, they know what they're doing, and they're just getting on with it. Yeah, there's a level of consistency uh, mm. there that we really haven't seen in a long time. Um, Hugo Lloris, I think, is going under the radar by just being brilliant, but quietly. Um, mm. So big, big respect to him. As I've said before, with, with goalkeepers and centre-backs, sorry to cut you out there, <laughs> in, uh, in terms of goalkeepers and centre-backs, it's, it's one of those, isn't it, where just the, the less you hear of them, almost the better. Like It's just, oh, just go under the radar, do your job, get on with it, and, and love that, love that. Yeah, you hear about David De Gea basically every other week, and that's yeah. uh, unfortunately not what you want, but you don't with Lloris, you never hear about him, and that's brilliant. Um, and then, like you said, in front of him, um, you've got a back four that looks pretty settled. Adavarreld um, has been injured. So that's a little bit up in the air. But then in front of them, Hoiberg, um, <laughs> rightly so, he's getting praise to high heavens. And uh, he will by us on this pod, I'm sure, as well. He's just been absolutely central to everything Spurs have been doing. Most touches, most passes, most tackles, most ball recoveries. Um, he's doing all that dirty work that allows the other players around him to kind of have a bit of freedom, Undombele included, who seems like um, a player reinvented uh, this year. Maybe we'll talk about him later um, in a different section. Um, but he looks great. And then, yeah, the forward line, we all know what, what riches they've got up there. If Harry Kane's fit for this one, though. Yeah, I was just going to say, he, uh, he's, he's out of this week, well, out of this, uh, this European week, Europa League clash on Thursday with a bit, of a bit of an injury. But Mourinho has said he thinks he's going to go ahead to play. So he's got a good feeling, thinks he is going to start this weekend. So that's, that's a good sign for Kane, who's had, who's had his injury problems. Um, I mean, the thing with, thing with Spurs is it, we keep forgetting about Gareth Bale as well. Like, it's, I feel like Bale's sort of gone right under the radar as well. And it's kind of like he... The best thing you can say about Spurs this season, probably the biggest compliment, is that you could say they're not, they don't need Bill to be excellent. I think, I think they kind of pinned, once he came in, it was kind of, I felt like people were maybe pinning their hopes on Bill being the sort of, to take them to the next level. I think the rest of the squad can do that for them. And Bill would just be the sort of, the, you know, the icing on the cake, the, the cherry on top sort of thing, which, uh, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And that's fine. Uh, obviously not not fine for Bill, and, and obviously they want him to turn out and you know smash the league up again. But he doesn't need to be the old Gareth Bale for for Spurs to go on and win this league or or to to perform very well in this league. Um, so I think that's the biggest compliment you give them this year. Um, they're going up against Arsenal, who obviously we know just well documented problems just across the pitch there. Um, there's just nobody really in form for them. There's nobody really impressing in that entire squad, really, is there? And uh, I was actually, I always think like combined 11s or what have you, they're, they're, they're always quite, they can be a little bit tedious sometimes. Um, different systems, different players, all that jazz. But I was looking through the team and, and legitimately, player for player, I, I think every single, I, I don't think an Arsenal player gets in there apart from perhaps Aubameyang because we know what Aubameyang can do, sort of potential. You're putting him in on potential rather than form. But not um, this season, surely not this season. Not, no, no. He hasn't, he hasn't um, scored a goal from open play in the Premier League since the beginning, uh, first game of the season. So unreal, isn't it? <laughs> where, you, where would you fit him in? I think the only two that you could maybe shout about are maybe Bellerin, who's looked pretty decent, mm. um, or Gabriel. Um, uh, yeah. But Spurs' centre-backs look pretty decent. 
Um, it's just been not bad shouts, but then Spurs conceded what nine goals in the league this year. Um, I, I, I think I've said this before, but Aurier he's doing all right, you know. Aurier and Dockney between the two of them, they're they're both sort of they're doing doing enough to to obviously be part of that defence and to to hold firm. Um, it's very worrying times for Arsenal because usually in this in this game you might say you know Spurs have a bit of the you know they've got a couple of world class players, but Arsenal have the quality throughout. Very much feels that the 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 shift has has happened. I know it's been happening for a few years now, but but Arsenal really are going in as the the underdogs here, which I'm not used to seeing. No, definitely form uh, is completely opposite for the two teams. Arsenal um, they played Wolves um, yeah, this week, um, and they were completely toothless going forward. Mm. Um, Wolves played about four, um, so there should have been more space for them to attack into. But Aubameyang did not look on the same wavelength of Saka whatsoever. Willian looked isolated. Willock looked like he was drifting for most of the first half, especially. Um, I think they're really lacking that kind of um, player to move them from defence to attack. I think Party's the one they want to do it. But he's being asked to carry a lot of the weight. It looks like they're missing that kind of playmaker behind a, uh, a front striker. It's 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 funny saying this again. Like it's always when they get one player in, they find another this another hole in their yeah. squad. So people were saying Party's going to come in. He might be this the key figure. He didn't play against Wolves, um, but you know he's got to do a lot in the middle of that field if they're going to play a, a Jacker next to him, um, who's more of a kind of tempo setter rather than mm. a kind of um, a box to box midfielder. Um, they're being linked with um, Dominic Sabozlai, the um, Salzburg um, forward, who's um, been a bit of a wonderkid status, uh, doing well at Hungary uh, and in and in uh, league and Champions League. Um, and he's one of those sort of players that does run. He's dynamic and hits long shots, even though um, XG fans don't like it. Um, <laughs> so, so they are kind of missing um, a bit of a spark. Um, and when Aubameyang isn't scoring, then there's just not the goals there. Martinelli's the guy for me. I absolutely loved that guy last year. Into the Europa League, just quite fearless. I think at the minute they're looking quite, they're looking quite scared going forward, like nervous to make a mistake. And I don't know whether that's you know Hazard had to, is he too intricate maybe with some of his plans going forward? Like, I don't know, is he, is he restraining them from just attacking? I mean, that's pure speculation. We don't know what Arteta is talking to them, obviously. But is he, um, I don't know, is, is he being too intricate in, in these plans and not letting them just play their natural game? Because we know that there is, there's so much talent in that front line, um, the likes of Aubameyang and stuff, to just get on with it and do it themselves. But there's just something so off, isn't there? Um as well, it's funny you should say that they're lacking that sort of number 10 behind the strikers and just like, I know the ship is fully, fully sailed, but Mesut Ozil's sitting there on however, however much. And you think like, uh, you know, again, we, we, we do have to let it go because he's not coming back. He, he's, he's, he's done. Um, but, but an Ozil in form is pretty much exactly the player they need. Just, just that sort of free roll, even if he's not tracking back, even if he is staying up front and not really, you know, making those runs back to help out. If you've got the likes of Party and Shaka behind you, just having that almost luxury player of Ozil, you know, striding around, drifting around wherever he wants, find a bit of space, threading the ball through. But no, it, the ship has sailed, but it's that, it's that sort of player they're needing. Um, 
But you're right, though. His legacy is weighing heavy. Um, (laughs) Losing him and losing Cazorla, these are players you can't easily replace. City has seen it with David Silva. When you get Mm. one of those world-class players and you lose them, um, Mm. you really do have to have a plan. But in slight optimism, before we move on, in slight optimism, like, you know, Arteta has... Well, even then, they, they lost to the Wolves last week. I'm trying to find some some semblance of positivity here, but they are quite hard to beat. But when you're Arsenal, you need to be better than hard to beat. And uh, and you can't just sort of rely on that back line to get a clean sheet because ultimately that back line has David Luiz in it. And uh, <laughs> now joking. But, um, they, they, you know, they're not, they're not airtight. And so you do need to eventually, at some point, take the ball by the horns and actually score a goal. Um prediction for the North London derby I'm going with a Spurs win I can't see anything other than than Spurs I, I, I think it'll I think they'll still set up very defensively I think I think it'll not be a fantastic first half um I think they'll try and half the game pretty much and then the second half they'll, they'll hit them on the break and maybe two nil them yeah, I think the form's there with Spurs it's at Spurs stadium and there's going to be some fans in the stadium which is wonderful to be able to say. Um, congrats yeah, to everyone. I hadn't probably, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> if Kane and Son are playing, they are going to be <laughs> fired up for those uh, fans, even though it's only a few. But uh, yeah, Spurs win, probably uh, 3-1. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, moving swiftly on, we have Liverpool versus Wolves. And it's a 7.15 kickoff on Sunday night. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime Video. That's um, an interesting one, isn't it? But uh, we all like the Amazon games. They're, they're coming thick and fast. There's plenty more coming up in December. You can check our website for the full, full list of Amazon games. Um, should we start? Let's start with Liverpool, because I know, we, I, know I want to keep you, keep you fresh and ready for Wolves, uh, Wolves chat. They've got 11 injuries that I've, I've had a look at, including Milner, who's pretty much about eight players. Uh, he's the backup for about seven different positions, I think. He's the, he's a backup left back, right back, probably could play centre back. Um, he's he's across the field, so he's going to be an, an absentee. But they have got Salah, Firmino, Mane, J- Mane Jota all fit. Um, very simple question: Do you play them all? You do. You play them all, don't you? When your backline may not be perfect, um, you, Wolves are scoring some goals. Um, and it might be one where you just slightly have to outscore them. Um, and um, we don't know what system Wolves will be playing. Maybe I'll talk about that in a second. But um, whatever system they do, how can you defend against those four at the minute on their current form? Yeah. Mm. It's good going. It's good going. And um, yeah, I was, I was speaking to, uh, I, was, I had a bit of a press conference with um, Steve McManaman the other day, and I put that same question to him, who drops out of the, of the four? <laughs> basically just but just rebuffed the questions out of hand because he was just like they all play they all play like it's not a case of dropping one of them um i, I think he still says sort of mana mana keep saying mana mana Firmino, salah are still the trusted three and that jota is still no matter what form is you'd still trust the, the other three first um but in his mind there's just no question about it it's 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 you know putting those four players in there and and letting them wreak havoc um, I know Jota, again, fantastic finish against Brighton. Um, very clever footballer and, uh, and you know, proving his, his weight in gold over there. Um, shout out as well for, uh, for sub-goalkeeper Kelleher. 
uh, in goal. Is that, is that the pronunciation? Let's just, let's just roll with that. Um, top save in the Champions League, thrown in the middle of it. Uh, Alisson's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, it doesn't usually end well when Alisson <laughs> is injured because he's, he's had a few injuries, hasn't he, Alisson? He's had a couple of problems over, over the time at Liverpool. Um, top goalkeeper, though. Um, but there's a little bit of pressure, pressure on the stand-in. Um, and Nat Phillips in there as well. No nonsense. He looks like he should be a sort of brute football league defender. Um, that's no disrespect to him, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure he's been fast-tracked with the first team you know, a lot quicker than um, he would have imagined. But, um, but yeah, he just looks like this quite no-nonsense, rugged defender. And I really like that. I really like that. Because those defenders, make, they make the world go round. Um, it do. It's nice. It looks like there's um, some blokes in the team for for Liverpool. Yeah. You've got all those shiny, shiny jewels up top, and then there's some yeah. blokes in it. Nico God, Williams, just like a young lad. It's just like a scrappy lad. Good. Um, it? Yeah, it's nice to see him. And we could be seeing Trent Alexander-Arnold back as well. So he's he's potentially on the on the comeback trail. Feels like it's been a while since we raved about him. Uh, so so all eyes on him. Um, turning our attention to Wolves. Um, obviously, uh, horrific um, injury to Raul Jimenez the other night against Arsenal. Um, we absolutely, of course, wish him the very, very best in his recovery. Uh, it looks like a fractured skull, I believe, um, which is, I mean, that's... It was, yeah. it was a brutal Sunday, actually. I, I feel like I watched uh, Grosjean in the F1, and then you watch you watch Luis and, and Jimenez slam heads, and you just think, like, these people take risks when they when they put on a sporting spectacle for us. Um they certainly yeah. do. It was it was really hard watching. It was so early on in the game, um, and me and my mates were on the group chat talking about it, and we all got pretty emotional about it. Really, um, Raúl's been wonderful for Wolves, and you don't want to see that to any player. But he means so much to the club, um, and there's been so many well wishes. We, of course, we send him um, our absolute best, and I'm thinking about him all the time, hoping he's recovering well. Hopefully, the signs are good. Um, but Wolves, give us a quick shout out to the club. Um, the fans have raised £7,500 in basically uh, two days um, to get a banner um, made up for him to put up in the Steve Ball stand um, nice. to send him their best. Because um, he, he does mean a lot to, to this club and um, we're, hopefully he knows that from, uh, yeah, from the fans. Got a little shiver there. Got a little shiver. But um, yeah, legend, and we hope he, we really do hope he, he uh, comes back and we see him on the pitch sooner rather than later. Um, in a football sense, I guess, obviously, he will be absent this weekend. Um, and it, I mean, it looks, looks like, could we be seeing sort of the three not strikers sort of leading the line? We've got Podence, we've got Neto, and Traore turned up the other day as well. I feel like he's been missing for a little while, but he turned up against Arsenal. Um, could we be seeing those three up front or, or am I on the wrong lines there? Could we be seeing Fabio Silva, potentially? I think so. Um, it, it's interesting because Nuno has, has changed um, for the first time over the last few weeks. He played a back five for, for basically the whole of uh, the championship promotion season and then ever since he's been in the Premier League. Um, so Cody um, and Bowley and then kind of either Sice or Kilman of late. Um, but with Cody's injury, we changed to a back four. Um, so it was um, a very different situation for Wolves, but I think it has unlocked um, a lot more potential for some different players. Um, so we're slightly, slightly um, less 
uh, stable defensively, but that was fine against Arsenal in a very, you know, weak attacking performance. Um, but Jean Martinho out of nowhere has really stepped up and his game's improved um, defensively. He's been hassling and tackling and harrying. And then further forwards, like you said, we've got those three wonderful, wonderful, fluid, fast, dynamic forward players, Pedro Neto, who is so underrated and hopefully he's getting some respect now. Daniel Podence, who's really kicked on and looks such a danger. And Adama Troyal, we all know what Troyore can do when he's on form. So there is uh, a thought that um, those three could play and maybe uh, Fabio Silva drop back um, onto the bench as he, as he came off the bench to replace uh, Raul. Um, and then maybe Neves come into kind of more of a midfield three um, and, and shore things up. But I think this game against Liverpool is a bit of a free hit for Wolves. Um, no one's expecting us to, to beat them, even though we've given them some proper games last few seasons. Um, so why not play that back for Bowley and mm. Cody and, and, and ask some questions of Liverpool's um, yeah. interesting back line? Well, I tend to agree, don't I? I just I think you've got to go for it against Liverpool. I think if you if you sit back, they will squeeze you. And if you sit back, those four will still find opportunities. They're, they are that good. No matter how many people you've got at the back, they will they will find a way. And obviously, Jota is going to have a little point to prove and, and what have you. And um, yeah, I think you've just got to, you've almost just got to go for it and back the likes of Cody when, you know, when, when Salah's running at them to, to hold firm. Um I don't know. I, I I still can't really see past Liverpool at the moment, but I think it'll be a fairly close one. I think we could see a two-one or a one-nil. Um, I agree. Um, I don't like betting against Wolves. We can get a result out of anywhere, but um, with you know our big um, a big hole up top now, we're going to miss Jimenez, um, and obviously his his health is the most important thing. But on the pitch, we will definitely miss him. Um, and uh, Liverpool's front line is so damn good. So, <laughs> it's good. Isn't um, it? Uh, I think there'll be goals at least. Absolutely. Um, and moving on to Monday night football, a um, couple of teams who we don't really get to talk about, which is very nice. Um, we get to have a little chat about them now. It's Brighton versus Southampton. I'm not going to call it a South Coast derby because it's not. Um, but it's two teams on the South Coast, Brighton versus Southampton. That's an eight o'clock kickoff on Monday night. Uh, it's on Sky Sports Premier League main event and now TV. Um, obviously, I watched Brighton last weekend uh, up against Liverpool. Did well, did well, um, and you know, rolled their luck a little bit. Rolled their luck a little bit with with VAR, um, but we, you know, we give them that one. We give them that one. Um, one player caught my caught my eye, who I've seen him a couple of times, and I've, I've thought the same thing each time. Aaron Connolly, um, Connolly, sort of leading the line for them. Um, he was just, he was on the verge of being so so good. I think the first half an hour, if he, he had one sort of major chance, and if he put that away, it would have been such a good half hour from him. Um, I just think he lacks that maybe clinical touch. So, you know, when you see a player run through one-on-one, and, I mean, for us, you've probably got your own player for Wolves, but for Sunderland, it was always like Jermaine Defoe, Darren Bend. You know for a fact that they're one-on-one, one-on-one with the keeper. You know the finish that's coming. You know where they're going to put it. The keeper knows. The keeper can't do anything about it. And, and you put your house on them to score. Don't think you put your house on Aaron Connolly to score. And obviously, he's still very young. And I, I actually, I want to praise him more than I put him down because some of his runs, he was such a menace against Liverpool. I don't know if you, you watched the game at all, but um, he had a very 
He was Vardy-esque with his running, just just a menace. Like right on the on the shoulder, he was playing off Phillips, and he was sort of you know just giving him just giving him no margin for error. If you slip that ball through, he will he will chase it. He will run onto it. And uh, it was a bit of a shock actually. He got took off after sixty minutes, um, but I thought he was their their best player on the day. And yeah, I mean just that little extra clinical touch. And and on top of Brighton, who've been you know fairly solid, fairly solid, not not airtight, but you know they kept scores down. Um, they could have a nice little season, Brighton. I think all the signs are there. I think you're right to to shout out Connolly. I think he's exactly the player they want up there. He's he's tenacious. He'll work hard. He'll uh, snaffle uh, balls away from snaffle. opposition defenders. <laughs> Um, and they've got that. They've got that fluid, fluid front line um, of players that will work hard. Um, Malpe, um, Danny Welbeck. They've got Trossard, who's been starting on the bench, but he plays for Belgium. So there's obviously talent there. Um, and then, you know, they play uh, a 3-4-3 three, three quite often. So they've got players on the wings. You know, we're going to shout out Lamptey again, who can cause, mm. cause danger there. So they've got pace and they've got invention. Um, and I think they've been a little bit unfortunate. Um, their XG is a lot better than um, their results, if that makes sense. Um, and I they, think that's it, isn't it? That, yeah, that comes to the Connolly point, doesn't it? Just that clinical, that killer edge. I think you need that ruthless streak in the Premier League. And I don't really get the ruthless vibe from you know Brighton and Albion. No, but they've got they've got brilliant ball playing defenders. They've got players that will work hard and get in positions. Um, and if it'll if it'll click for one of these players, if Welbeck, you know, the signs that Welbeck could could come mm. back to a player like we knew him um, and his best England days, um, if if one of them could click and start getting goals, if one of them can get ten, either can get eight, um, mm. it could be a really successful season for Brighton. And I hope so because Graham Potter's gotten playing some really good football. Um, he changed the system over the last couple of years. Um, after Hewton, um, who was a lot more kind of pragmatic. Um, and, and yeah, Potter's, Potter's doing some good work there, uh, as is his opposite number in the dugout at a very nippy Amex this week. Indeed, Ralph Hassenhutl. Um, he's, he's got his Southampton side balling along. Uh, obviously, the weekend didn't go quite to plan. Two goals up and then, then you concede three to, um, well, to Edison Cavani's head. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? Really, I mean, if that's what it takes to beat you, then you've done something all right. Um, I actually, I, actually, on that, I think sometimes when United hit their floor, I just don't think anybody can stop them. That's a quick, a quick line on United. There, I think they, an inform top of the game, Man United is as good as anybody in the Premier League. They're as good as Liverpool. They're as good as City. They're as good as Spurs. As good as any of them when they're, you know, on their A game, and. I'm not saying they hit absolute, absolute top level against Southampton, but um, but yeah, they, I think they did do enough to win that game. Uh, but still nothing away from Southampton. Um, great, great start of the season so far. Um, took the set piece as well. I can't remember the last time James Ward-Prowse didn't score a free kick. Um, he's doing all right, isn't he? He's unreal. His corners as well. It's not just his free kicks that he's putting mm. in hot bins every week, but his corners as well. The the, the one that Benarek, uh glanced in. It's so dangerous. And when you've got a weapon like that from set pieces, on top of how well they're playing and pressing and attacking teams, um, Southampton are always a danger. Yes, they kind of capitulated um, against Man United, but um, Cavani was clinical and Bruno Fernandes has got that elite level mentality mm. that will take you 
10 points up a season, even if he's not directly there. Um, yeah, I think Southampton got, got the lead slightly too early um, and, then, uh, and then United found their feet. So uh, I think, it's, yeah, it's more impressive on Man U than, than anything against Southampton. Um, and even this is all in the absence of Danny Ings. Um, well, that's it, isn't it? You've got Che Adams, who I saw on Twitter being called a budget Harry Kane, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> and whoever said it, brilliant. Well done, you. Um, because, yeah, he is big and strong and fights and plays that quarterback that we've spoke about before. And then you've got runners, including Theo Walcott, who it looks like he's back at his natural home of Southampton, running and hassling and harrying and putting in balls and getting in position. Um, and they're a tough side to play against. And if you get anything out of Southampton this season, you've done well. Mm, absolutely. It's, it's nice to see that. And obviously, we've got the likes of Romeo in there, who were, you know, I know obviously Hoiberg didn't quite work out for them in the end. Um, had a, a little bit of a strop towards the end of his time at Southampton. But, um, but you've got Romeo in there, who's just a bit of a destroyer. Um, it, yeah, I mean, throughout the team, they've just got a good unit there. And, and Hassan Hootl as well, to his credit, came in and, you know, they could have, they probably could have pulled the trigger on him a few times last season. And I actually thought they should have at one point. I think they were just, just lacked a bit of everything, really. I saw them actually down at, um, I was at St. Mary's when they played Chelsea, when Abraham Mount just sort of tore them apart. Hudson Adoy score, I think, as well. Um, at the back, they just looked all over the place. And, and credit to him for, for coaching, coaching this team into a system that, you know, they, they still do concede goals, but it, it's not sort of, it's not massively detrimental to them when they do because they've got enough to score. Uh, obviously, we're, we're talking as well about Danny Ings. And uh, when he comes back, that'll be a lovely, lovely boost for them. But Bushy Adams sort of, you know, producing the goods in the meantime, a few assists, a few goals. Uh, he's doing well. He's just getting the most out of players who are already there and maybe haven't quite hit the heights there. I think I always rate that from a manager who doesn't... It's a bit like Soyuncu with Rodgers, isn't it? They bought him in um, for, for Leicester and, you know, the shake he didn't replay. And then they bring him in and actually give him that shot and and he just takes off and becomes this inspirational part of the team. So it's nice to see Hassan Hüttel doing the same coaching, what he has not making enormous signings, but coaching what he has into a, into a very functional unit. Um, Brighton, Southampton. We've really hyped that one up. That's a good game. I'm definitely <laughs> really watching watch. that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have missed that, but uh, I'm <laughs> Nil, nil. Um, I'm going with... Uh, that's an all. Let's go, let's go one all. I mean, that sounds, pretty, that sounds pretty naff, doesn't it? But let's go one all. I fancy a decent game there. I think so. I think these are two quite well-matched teams in slightly different ways. Um, and Southampton might be brilliant and, you know, Theo Walcott might score a wonderful team goal. But Brighton have always got those uh, massive centre-backs uh, on top of anything else. So, you know, you might have a Webster or a White scoring a header. So, uh, yeah, one all I like. We'll just, we'll do it. We'll sit on the fence together, mate. Yeah, Brighton will start with 25 foots worth of centre-back and they only play two there, so, <laughs> you know. Uh, big, big boys. They've been drinking their milk, eating their weight of bix. Um, moving on from that one uh, to our fantasy... Pre- that's a great line. Fan- moving on to our fantasy Premier League, Tales of War. Um, we, should, we should call it Tales of War, but like, 
W-O-E or W-O-A-H, you know, like, whoa. Whoa, it is whoa this week as well, so it would be very appropriate. Yeah, bad, okay, fair. Um, I've kept, so I had an all right week, kept, loosely kept pace with people, um, but I've got two free transfers, didn't make any, any transfers okay. at the weekend, got two, I think I'm probably going to make three, so, you know, what would it be without a four-point hit? Of course. Um, and I'm massively on board the Spurs defensive wagon. Um, I've gone with Hugo Lloris instead of Martinez. So Emmy Martinez has just been, I mean, my word. He has so many good fixtures and he had such a good start of the season. But like, and not again, this is not a knock on him as a goalkeeper, a very good keeper. But Villa, he <laughs> just cannot trust those boys. Um, so I'm going with Hugo Lloris. He's been picking up clean sheets and bonus points. He's got three bonus points the last couple of weeks. Um, so he's the one for me, Jeff. And, uh, and Eric Dyer, uh, 4.9 million. Never thought I'd be in here tipping Eric Dyer for your team, but he's a defender in this. And hey, he's starting every week. He's playing quite well. Um, why not? Absolutely, why not? And he's got a massive, massive head. So just, you know, if he's ever in for a corner, poof, slab head. Um, so I'm on, I'm on that wagon. And they've, let's say they've considered nine this season in the Premier League. So it's one of those where even if they don't keep clean sheets against Arsenal, I'm still backing them over the next couple of months um, to, to be picking those up. And let's say Dial Reese, they're not going to get rotated or, or not too much, especially with all that we're allowed. Um, yeah, other shouts. Obviously, we've got Grealish, good, good runner fixtures coming up. Vestergaard, um, I'm thinking about Southampton. They've got some very tasty fixtures coming up. And, uh, and your boy, Diogo Jota, um, cut price, which feels like the right option, doesn't he? Well, if you can't afford Salah, I think he's the right <laughs> If you one. can't afford Salah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Salah with those um, lovely, lovely penalties. Penalties are the game at the minute. I think that's why Bruno Fernandes is a player you cannot be without. Um, but I like, I like your, your shouts to invest in defence. I think that's a really smart play this year. Um, even players like Harry Kane I am looking at to maybe take out um, just because of how much money uh, you have to spend on him. Um, yeah, I'm looking at maybe a, a Leeds fullback. Um, Dallas got shouted a lot, but um, I like Ailing too um, because I didn't have a great week. So something needs to change, even though I'm doing all right for the season. Um, my transfer last week was João Cancelo in. And he sat on the bench oh. for 90. Um, yeah, I do think we tipped him quite heavily last week, didn't we? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, um, Zuma came off my bench and got me five. So I was happy oh. with that um, for a bigger player. Um, and then I've been, I've been looking at the Wolves forwards. Now, now Jimenez, um, as we know, a long-term injury, you would think. Um, so those, those interesting fluid forwards, Podence, Neto, Traore, are going to be playing a significant portion of the minutes. Podence is only 5'4", Neto's only 5'6". Um, a few tough fixtures um, to monitor, but um, I still think one of them is pretty good value. I was very close to putting in Neto last week, and I was quite disappointed I didn't. But then they have you know, tough, tough fixtures coming up. Is there, is there a top tip? Are we going for Podence, Neto, or Traore? If you can rank them in one to three... In order of uh, who you're putting in your fantasy team, who who you putting in your fantasy team? Uh, bottom would be Troy Ray, just because of the the year he's had. It's been quite slow, but if he comes back shooting, uh, that could be completely wrong. Um, lots of people have gone for Podence, so I'd say number one be Neto because I think as a differential, he's got that in his locker, um, and 
I just love how direct and dynamic he is. Um, and he shoots loads. Um, you don't see players shooting lots, but um, inside the box, outside the box, he does seem to be in the positions and pull the trigger when he can. So, um, Pedro, um, it's not just because I got you on the back of my third kit. Um, you're in my fantasy. Oh. Wow. Wow. You still get names on the back of your shirt. That's cool. You got to. <laughs> Neto <laughs> 7. It's your birthday or... <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually do. I've actually got a theory. This is not. We're not going to go down this route too long. But um, I think all football shirts should have a name and number on them. A bit like American football. So when you go to American football games and you see some bloke rocking like a Jets shirt from like twenty years ago with some absolute like nobody on the back. I love that. Very cool. Very cool. Like I'd love to sort of walk around with like a I don't know like a Brian Dean Sumlin shirt or something. Just like you know, plays once and then then suddenly you've got a shirt with on your back. Uh, I think the last time I got a name on my shirt, it was Asamoah Jean. Oh, good um, And Asamoah Jean 33, something shirt. And, and then he, he basically, what he did was, Jake, he, he took my heart out, <laughs> and then he cut it in half, and then stamped on it. Um, <laughs> that's what he did. So Asamoah, you're a bit- dedicated listener to this. You broke me, man. You broke me. <laughs> Wow. Was one. I, was, I was trying um, not to uh, bring Sunderland up on this week's pod, Michael. Oh, don't. Um, don't. Let's not. Let's green not. Boots or a lot of uh, brown leaves? Misery. Just brown leaves. Death. Uh, moving swiftly on uh, from teams who will never make a comeback to players who have made a comeback. Segway. Segway. Nice. Uh, so again, any players who are you know coming back from injury, whether they come back from uh, loan spells, or whether they've just sort of been out of the picture for a while and come back, um, I want to kickstart proceedings with Danny Welbeck. I know we've mentioned him already for Brighton. Um, he's always had lovely, lovely feet, um, neat flicks, little clever brain. I mean, again, we had him on loan uh, a while back, and he just he just had a class about him. I think class is the word when you think of Welbeck, or at least I do when he was when he was coming through. And uh, I'm genuinely very sad that he had these injury problems because you know without them, with wind in his sails, with with regular football every week, um, I think he's shown at Brighton now what he can do. I know he, you know he hasn't set the world alight with Brighton, but he was very good against Liverpool. Um, pace as well. He's still got a bit of pace to burn despite the injuries. And and uh, as well, he had totally finger caps. I think I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I feel like the Welbeck England days seem like a long distant memory. But um, yeah, I, I just feel so sorry for him. It's been very stop start, very in and out of teams, never really been, you know, the guy for a team. Um, but I, I, I would like to see him, you know, hopefully, not, not putting too much money on it, but I'm, I'm hoping that he does get a good run of games with Brighton, you know, 25, 20. You know, thirty games even uh, with Brighton this year because he, he really does he really does deserve deserve a good shot at that and and I think he's been excellent so far technically um, and and a goal to to match definitely we we spoke to Matt Jarvis a couple of weeks ago didn't we and he talked very candidly about his his injury problems and how that affected him kind of his mental health and stuff as well so it can't be it can't have been easy the last few years for. For Welbeck, um, you know, playing for England, playing for Arsenal, and then having loads of troubles and, and trickling down. So it would be good. Um, yeah, it's just a good heartwarming story if he can 
play and do well and show that he's still got that quality that got him a remarkable amount of England goals uh, mm. for the amount of appearances and, and, and minutes he had. So, yeah, we're all with you, Danny. We all want your success. Viva Danny. Viva Danny. Um, and yeah, I've got a, I've written down um, um, kind of a team here. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about Fulham because they've got a few of these ballers in their ranks. Um, so Lookman, obviously a lot have been spoken about Adamola Lookman. Um, was good at Everton. RB Leipzig really liked him, took him. It hasn't really happened for him at Leipzig. Um, he didn't really impact games in the way that they hoped. So now he's on, on loan at Fulham and, and showing his dynamic ability. So that's a nice comeback to the Prem. Um, and then a lot of talk has been about Andre Frank, Zambo and Guisa um, for his dominant performances in the middle. Um, shout out to my, my Fulham supporting friend, Nick, who has uh, said that there is no better box-to-box midfielder who's strong and as good as uh, Zambo on the ball outside the top four or five in the league, which is a big shout. But um, one he can back up, um, you know, he's, he's, he's dominating on the ball. He wins the ball, he keeps the ball, and then he drives full and forward. And that is such an important, uh, you know, role to play in any side, especially one that has to defend like Fulham do. Uh, he was brilliant at Villarreal last year. They wanted to keep him. Other teams came in and looked at him. He got linked with Real Madrid last season while he was in La Liga. Um, and he does seem destined uh, for bigger things. Um, so big shout out to him. And before we move on from Fulham, a player who was thought, thought to maybe, um, <laughs> I thought a player that was thought to maybe be destined for smaller things. Um, I'm going to talk about Bobby Dekwadova Reed. Um, so he was in the, the Prem with Cardiff a couple of seasons ago and didn't really set the world alight. Cardiff obviously struggled um, and he played kind of very far forward um, and looked a little bit. Uh, a little bit out of his depth. Look, he's just still acclimatising to it, and he, they couldn't afford that in that Cardiff side. Um, was was in and out of the sides last year in the Championship for Fulham, and now um, you know he's keeping Mitrovic on the bench. Um, and last game he played right wing back for Fulham for the game, and uh, was apparently the best player on the pitch. So um, as comeback stories go. Um, working hard, being versatile, playing positions, um, settling into a side that makes you uh, express yourself in the best way. Um, well done, Fulham, for, for working to get the best out of three very, very talented players. Absolutely. Uh, Fulham are a weird side, aren't they? They've got so much, like, they've got a lot of attacking, exciting players in there on those ranks. It's just sort of getting it all to, to work as a. <laughs> As this, you know, I've got a lot of good instrument players. They just need to play as a band, um, if that's the way you want to put it. Um, I love Scott Parker, though. Passion. <laughs> Hashtag passion. He is exactly, he is, a, I, look, I looked at him the other day and I thought, you know what? It's exactly what Mark Noble's going to be like when he leads West Ham out. <laughs> exactly what Mark Noble's going to be like as a manager. Just like, I love him. Just passion on the sidelines. Those London uh, derbies uh, with uh, Parker managing Fulham. Oh, Parker, no, uh, come <laughs> back at me. At me, bro. When, when West Ham Fulham with Scott Parker and Mark Noble as managers, that's, that's going to be the stuff that just in the championship too much play off on you, Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, big burn. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Fulham though, I actually I, I do I do quite like Fulham, you know. And I've got I've also got a Fulham fan friend and uh he's yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him, which is saying something in my position. But uh <laughs> I hope they mount a bit of a challenge and have a passionate end to the season. 
Um, another quick shout out before we wrap up um, when we talk about comeback players. I think it's very easy to forget that Harry Kane is a comeback player. Harry Kane has had so many injuries and uh, I'm looking at his stats here. He's, he's only played more than 30 Premier League games in a season uh, once in the last five seasons, which is just a bit wow. mad. Like he, he, in, in, he hasn't played 30, he hasn't played all the games since 2016. Um, he played 37 games in 2017-18. And apart from that, he's, you know, he's had 30 appearances, 28 appearances, 29 appearances. And you just think, like, that's just a lot. He's a lot of niggling injuries, a lot of six weeks here and there. And to come back to have seven goals already in 10 games in, you know, the most bizarre of years with where your fitness is all over the place, not a proper preseason, etc. To come back and, and be performing as he is, just sensational, just sensational, and and like we say, we, we I know it seems like a very obvious one. Harry Kane, Harry Kane plays well, shocker, but um, but to come back mentally, to come back physically, I think that's just we take that for granted sometimes when players do that. Um, and also shout out to one of his teammates who we mentioned a little bit earlier, but uh, Tangai Ndombele, um, again another one of those players who could have very easily been shipped off last season. Could have very easily been sold in the summer, and and you know if if the world hadn't been in chaos, maybe he would have. Maybe they would have just cut their losses and got rid of him straight away. Uh, but he has turned into an absolute gem in that midfield, playing a little bit higher up. Um, but he's 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 just his passing, his harrying, his pressing. He's looking like an absolute player right now, and um, you know he's the sort of sort of nightmare player who. I mean, Arsenal could deal with. Let's bring this full circle back around North London and Derby. I know, I know, Party. I haven't seen too much of Party. I'm not sure if you can really compare the two players too directly, but but you just hope he has an impact in the same way that that Ndombele is having for Spurs, um, both both going forwards and and holding firm um, at, at the back a little bit as well. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Wilson. Uh, your pleasure to see you once again. Uh, what's oh. coming up in Match of the Day magazine? Well, in the mag, it's our Xmas special still on shelves. Get those festive feels for your kids, for, you, for the little ones uh, in your family, um, because it's a it's super festive mag. And um, before we move on from Match of the Day, on our YouTube channel, Match of the Day magazine on YouTube, we've got a wicked football quiz on there. Um, ben Shires for Match of the Day Kickabout. We put him to the test with 10 massive footy questions. And if you like a football quiz, because we all like a football quiz, uh, see if you can go beat his score, because um, he does quite well. But um, we've got some very knowledgeable listeners on the Football Times, don't we, Michael? And I'm sure they can beat him. We do. If you listen to this, you are one of the elite football brains of the world. Uh, and please, please go and take them on and beat them and rub it in their faces. Um, we have a good little, we've got a little announcement on Radio Times, but I'll leave that till next week. I'll leave it till next week. I'll just leave that dangling out there. But we've got some good things coming up. Good things coming up on, that, on our fledgling sports site. Uh, for now, though, you can come to radiotimes.com slash sport. Uh, we have previews for pretty much everything on TV this weekend. We've got a bit of Autumn, Autumn Nations Cup rugby, which has been very popular for us. And uh, that's coming up this weekend, finals weekend. We have UK Championship Snooker. We've got, we've got a bit of everything, really. We've got the Sakia Grand Prix. We've got ah, just everything. Football, Premier League football, the works. I've totally made a mess of that one. But, you know, we'll keep that. We'll keep that. 
We've got a lot of sport and we want to tell you how to watch it and why you should watch it. Uh, so come to radiotimes.com slash sport for that. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next weekend. Week. Oh, messed that one up. We'll see you one of those week. podcasts, Michael. It's one of those podcasts. <laughs> one of those. And my brain's gone. Bye. <laughs>